and welcome to Money Life News and Views. I'm Devashish Bas. Late last week, the National Democratic Alliance finally came up with a white paper on the Indian economy. It was not about the current economic situation and the roadmap for the next five years, but a frontal attack on the United Progressive Alliance, which was in power between 2004 and 2014. A white paper was an obvious idea for this government wanting to distinguish itself in every way from the past, which is why I had repeatedly suggested it in my columns in 2018, 2016, and thereabouts that the that this is a must and it should let people know what the economy was and what the government intends to do. But why now? Why a white paper in 2024 on what happened in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 9, and so on? Apparently, because in the words of the author of the white paper, it would have given a negative narrative if it was done earlier and shaken the confidence of all, including investors. This is a little surprising since the NDA government has never missed an opportunity to repeat the paper's key allegations all this while in the last 10 years. And these are the two UPA regimes were marked by corruption, high inflation, poor capital expenditure, and poor project implementation, fiscal responsibility, irresponsibility and policy paralysis. Now, why now? The answer is very simple. As the drumbeat of 2024 general elections grows louder and louder, it obviously helps the NDA to consolidate all the facts and, and this, uh, facts and figures that show the UPA, UPA, which was led by the Congress, in a rather poor light. There's little one can say to defend the UPA, of course, and I've been a trenchant critic of the UPA government all these years, even before Modi came to power, since the facts presented may even be understated, in fact, I feel, because there aren't any in this white paper, there aren't any details about the rampant crony capitalism with actual names and details and the widespread corruption in the public sector banks, which is really the reason for the mess that we were in. But the timing and the motivation, nevertheless, behind the white paper is absolutely clear. The highlight of the paper is the economic mismanagement between 2009 and 13, the four crucial years when the economy went into a downswing. The UPA came back to power in May 2009 against all calculations. When the world was reeling from the impact of global financial crisis, India was much less affected by the GFC and, than Europe, the US and even parts of India. And that's mainly due to the former, the late governor of the Reserve Bank of India at that time, which is why we ready with a very sound mind and sound policies to keep India on the right track. And yet the UPA government launched a massive stimulus package, which is almost like a knee jerk. That was, according to the paper, way beyond the capacity of the union government to finance and sustain. As the white paper says, during the GFC, that's a global financial crisis, India's growth slowed down to 3.1% all right in FY09, but it recovered swiftly to 7.9% the very next year, which is FY10. There was absolutely no need for the continuation of the misguided stimulus beyond one year. The impact of the stimulus was high inflation and high interest rates, which again, the government took a lot of time to correct until it was really late. So the result of such misguided policies is that for six consecutive years between FY9 and FY14, 
the ratio of India's gross fiscal deficit to gross domestic product was at least 4.5%, which is a very high level of fiscal deficit, rising to 5% in three of the six years. The revenue deficit rose more than four times from 1.07% of GDP in FY08 to 5.3% in FY10. Market borrowing shot up, but the funds raised were not productively used. And so it was really a case of money chasing uh, a lot of unproductive assets and expenditure, and which obviously resulted in inflation and not commensurate growth in GDP and wealth and prosperity. So not surprisingly, from FY10 to FY14, as the paper points out, the average annual inflation rate was in double digits. It is here that one would like to pause and ask a very simple question. Who actually was responsible for this gross economic mess? Are there any one person, two or three individuals one could blame? After all, the Indian economy was in the hands of a so-called dream team in the hyperbolic words of a business paper, the Economic Times. Uh, and this dream team was made up of Manmohan Singh, P. Chidambaram, Pranab Mukherjee, Montek Singh Aluwalia, who was the Deputy Chairman of the Planning Commission, C. Rangarajan as the Chief Economic uh, Advisory Chief of the Economic Advisory Council, and so on, and also Raghuram Rajan as the Chief Economic Advisor to the Ministry of Finance. You can't ask for a better names. A galaxy of names people think who are extraordinarily good in their job and their thinking and their implementation of policies. Now. This, this was the dream team that was running the government at that time when all this mess happened. Now, in a cabinet form of decision making, it's not easy to pinpoint, pinpoint a blame when something goes wrong. Blame gets shared and hence is diluted. In this case, however, it's very easy to pinpoint a blame. The economy was in the able hands of the old war horse, Pradam Mukherjee, who was a powerful enough to chair 24 of the 39 groups of ministers. He was a finance minister exactly between 2009 and 2012 when all this mess occurred. The fateful period when the mindless fiscal profligacy, chronic capitalism, corruption, scams, inflation, and high interest rates led the economy to a fiscal precipice, as the white paper calls it. Now, when things got, off, got out of hand, P. Chidambaram replaced him. Mukherjee was a pillar of the Congress in every decade of the of the of India, starting from the emergency of 1975-77 to the crisis caused by the economic mismanagement of 2009 and 2012. Now, here is a stunning fact: the same government, which is blaming UPA, which is pointing out all this mess, stunningly, a decade after the evidence of such gross economic mismanagement caused by him. India returned to power for the second time, the Narendra Modi government awarded the Bharat Ratna to the same Pranam Mukherjee in 2019. I leave the uh, viewers and the to decide what we are seeing is not what actually is the case, right? So there's always wheels within wheels and don't go by what you hear or what you see, even coming from official sources. There are other reasons, there are always other reasons for what we are seeing. Now, how about a different white paper? Under the NDA, inflation has been controlled, fiscal prudence has been maintained, and capital expenditure has risen dramatically, despite the fact that fiscal prudence has been maintained. The government has put a lot of money on infrastructure projects, and the projects that were proposed 60 years ago, like uh, the, the 
the bridge that would link Bombay to its hinterland has actually been completed and new ones conceptualized and built. Hence, the need to dig up old economic corpses is actually baffling. If the NDA is confident about its performance, why not have a white paper to present a roadmap for the coming 10 years or coming 25 years, much like the Chinese five-year plans? Now, here I would like to quote somebody called Eric Lee. Dr. Eric Lee was a China expert. His, his views are all over YouTube. He's a very powerful and a very persuasive speaker, pro-Chinese. He says, while the West thinks China is opaque, the big China picture is always clear. Why is it so? Because one only has to read the five-year plans to know exactly what is coming, which sector, which industries, which location, it's all laid out in those five-year plans. And as he says, the own data says, if you look at the history of China's five-year plans over the last several decades, 85 to 90% of the plans get carried out as planned, as mentioned in those five-year plans. This is what we need. This, instead of a politically motivated document on what happened about two decades ago, since the Modi government has announced a dozen mega initiatives with actual allocations and substantial progress on the ground, it would have been easy to put it all in a document with specific targets and de deadlines mentioned. We would know exactly what's going to come rather than looking back all the time. Since this white paper ends with a statement, Amrit Kal has just begun. And our destination is India, a developed nation by 2047. It's only fair to know how we are get how we are going to get there and what's going to happen on the way. This is my view. Thanks for watching. And if you do like it, please do share and please do subscribe. Thank you.